Hi everyone, welcome to WN Movie Talk Podcast, and this week it's a special episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast, which we're going to call What We Watched With COVID. <laughs> Or something like that. I cost my way through many a movie. (laughs) I am joined again by my brother, Rob. Hello. Hello, Robin. Hello. And, um, yeah, if you heard the last podcast, the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you'll realise that both me and my brother, Robin, both days apart, got COVID and was both had to do the the 10 days of isolation. Without actually coming into contact with each other at all. Which is freaking awesome. <laughs> but then I think, to be fair, probably 80% of the country also managed to get COVID at the yeah. same time. They reckon now 98% of the country has antibodies. Yep. So that's why they, next month you won't have to isolate. Yeah, well, that's political. So. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I was at home for 10 days. You was at home for 10 days. I was. And you've got not a lot else to do, but watch stuff have we so robin and i are going to discuss this week some of the stuff we watched whilst we was isolating with covid we've watched some stuff haven't we lots of stuff and things um so we're going to discuss some of the stuff and it's not just films we're going to discuss if we've watched series and stuff like that as well any stuff stuff we might have watched it's just stuff stuff isn't it stuff so um what stuff have you watched then rob you had covid first how did it start for you and are you better now? And was you really ill with it? Well, let's go through that, shall we? Because, I mean, you know, yeah, right. it, 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 it's, it wouldn't be right for me not to have a great moan on about how poorly <laughs> I was and whatnot. Uh, no, it started off as a mild uh, temperature with a headache. Right. And the headache was actually a lot less than my second jab headache. Oh. So I was thinking, that's not so bad. And then about two days after that, it all just started to wear off. And I thought to myself, this is good. Then I went uh, for about the third night. I woke up in the middle of the night, chest killing me, sweating like God knows what. And I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> What's this about? Um, and then so then I and then from there, it just manifested into a really annoying chesty cough. So I have fits, coughing fits now. And that's about it, oh, to be dear. fair. So it's not, it wasn't too bad. But it, Yeah, well, my son brought ours home. He'd gone uh, to a little Bunker. He'd gone to a concert, him and his girlfriend, and they both got it. So he was like kept in his bedroom as well. He didn't mm-hmm. come out of his room, which he was loving. We'd just get a text message. Tea. And we'd have to put stuff on his doorstep <laughs> outside of his bedroom. That's a teenager's dream, isn't it? But yeah, only I, out of the five of us in the house, only I got it. Yeah, actually, that's really interesting because out of the four <laughs> of us, only I got it. And um, my my... Bless my youngest. He was desperate to hug me every five minutes because he wanted time off school. (laughs) So did my son. He kept going, Dad! We kept testing him. He kept going, oh, I don't feel well. We do a test and it's like negative. And he'd be like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) That's so unfair. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, so the first night... I slept on the sofa bed uh, in in the spare room, and I was like, "This is great." No one else uh, slept on this sofa bed. It's a new one, and I was like, "Yeah, loving it." Second, night, I was like, "For Christ's sake, I want to get out of here." It was like my back was <laughs> killing me. You know, I was like, <laughs> "Well, by the time I got it, my wife was like, well, there's no point Jay hiding in his room anymore. If it's in the house now, there's, you can't isolate because I do too much around the house.'" So she wasn't letting me have a room to myself. So um, yeah, we just lived normally, yeah, and. 
yeah, no one else got it. That's crazy, isn't but it? But all I had, it was literally, I was working uh, just at my desk doing some editing and my nose just started to run like a tap. Yep. And then I had a bit of a sore throat. That was it. That, oh, and well, I tested. Yeah, you did all right. And then, then there it was, I had it. Um, a couple of days later, I did have a bit of a chest, but that was just for like an afternoon. That's really good. So, Crazy time. Yeah. Right. So come on, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk movies. Movie talk. Yeah. So you got it. And then, then you was like, ah. Oh. All I can do is watch stuff. Absolutely. Fine. I'll just put some stuff on. So what stuff, Rob? Where did you start? I started, weirdly, because off, off the back of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, um, I started thinking about Westerns. We discussed briefly, hadn't we, John Wayne? Yeah. And I yeah. sort of thought, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a John Wayne film, so I'm going to watch a John Wayne film. So I went straight in with The Searchers. Searchers, what, yeah, uh, yeah. So that was the first one that I watched. What was it about? Was it any good? It's a John Ford film. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is good. The cinematography is really amazing. The backdrop of the West, as it was back then. I think they used a slightly different camera for it. So it uh, had a wide camera angle shot. Because sometimes, particularly like with the horse riding scenes, it looked like it was sort of swerving towards you. Well, it must have been the effect that the camera had because it was a slightly wider filtered camera. That's not very technical. I probably should have looked into it more than that, but I didn't. And it's, it's a great idea basically john wayne comes back from civil war he goes and visits his his family uh his brothers on his brother's ranch they then get uh massacred by comanches and uh but the two daughters get kidnapped and taken off with them so he then sets off with a posse to go and, and track them down and then it just sort of goes across like a five-year journey of them tracing all the way across the Wild West. It goes up into yeah. the snowy mountains and so on and so on. And um, and then in the end, he they do find uh, the daughter. One of, them's, one of them, I think, is killed, and then they do find the elder daughter. And she they take her back to the family. And um, there's this sort of iconic shot of John Wayne in the doorway because he doesn't go in with the family because he doesn't really belong there in the future. He belongs out Got in the COVID, West. Probably. He had COVID Keeping and was distance. isolating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he basically just sort of stands there and then turns around and walks back off into the, back off into the West. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I thought, yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. So then you watch any other Westerns then after So that, then I did. So you know, yeah, then I followed it with Stagecoach. Right, yeah. Um, which is that a musical? No. Uh, again, it's. Oh. Uh, it's a, I've, I've just googled it, and I I know what time the Barnstable bus leaves now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put in film and see what comes up. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, I've got a couple of the John Wayne films to watch. One is uh, what the one the one the Cohen brothers remade. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's meant to be a good one, isn't it? Um, True Grit. True Grit. Uh, so, uh, so just go back to The Searchers. The Searchers was 1956. Stagecoach, which again, John Wayne was in, but it was quite young in that one. Um, that was 1939. What? Yeah. Wow. And I'll that tell you what, one, it? it's, it's a fab. They, there is a remake of it, apparently. Um, but it's a fab film. And again, that's basically the gist of that is that there's a whole group of them that get onto the stagecoach and they have to travel across the Wild West. Uh, and it's it's their journey and it's, it's complicated by the threat of Geronimo. Jihadi Geronimo. 
<laughs> no. Um, Geronimo. I just looked it up, actually. Geronimo was a prominent leader and medicine man from the uh, Badon, Badonkahi, Badonkahi uh, band of <laughs> Apache. So it was a, basically it was Apache band. Um, so, so basically, again, they get chased. Now, this is really interesting as well about these Western films because I... You know, you get the impression, I always got the impression that the the portrayal of the Native Americans was always quite racist, if you see what yeah, I mean. You know, yeah. they, sort of, they, they, taught, they treated them as, as Americans did, where they, they were basically just like intrusive mm. on, the, on the land that they wanted and a bit of a pain in the ass, really. Um, but actually, these films don't necessarily put that across quite as badly as I thought they would have done. No. I mean, yeah, they still, they make them out to be... The villain. I guess, the, the villain of the piece. Yeah. Um, which, of course, you know... The threat, I yes, suppose, yeah. isn't it? It's... But, you know, they, they sort of have, you know, other people might say, actually, what the hell are you talking about? But they sort of have some sort of almost respect for them and and, and their their civilization. They're not racist, not racist at all. But all white Americans blacked up to play them, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> um, again, though, in this, the thing that really surprised me about Stagecoach, you know, they do that thing now where they say no horses were injured in these in the making. Of these yeah, films. yeah. There is no way in these films that horses didn't get injured in the old. Yeah, days. but these horses see. are stunt horses. They oh, they're trained to fall and stuff. Yeah, they, they? but amazing. this is the thing they're going along, and then suddenly they just. The horses just nosedive. Buckle under, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, Jesus. But apparently they're trained to do it. They can do it again and again on demand. And there's that classic stunt where the carriage has got four horses tied up, you know, six, yeah. six horses uh, strapped up to it, and then they jump from one set to the other and then down yeah, to the front, yeah. and then they drag themselves underneath and all of those things were going on. Um, brilliant. But the story itself is actually quite interesting. It's a really really cleverly done the way that they you know they put these characters squash them in together in this stagecoach and then they travel across the west you know with the imminent threat of the apache and and you just developing character stories as they go along and at one point you know they develop they get they have a baby there's the alcoholic doctor um you know there's john wayne who's ringo kid you know he's a good guy really but they kind of you know he's he's seen as a bad guy um they've got the posher woman in there um they've got dallas who's you know the brothel type woman who nobody wants to speak to at the start and they have no respect for her and you know gradually over time they gain respect for her and bits and pieces and yeah uh, yeah so it was it does sound interesting yeah it's a good film actually worth a watch yeah worth a watch 1939 okay. I've not, yeah, I'll have to start watching some. Um, I've got a few. I pick them up when I see them in the car boots and they go into my pot of films that I own that I haven't watched yet. Yep. Uh, and every now and again, I draw some out. But I've never seen as well, uh, like Jimmy Stewart done a lot of westerns as well, didn't he? Yes. You seen any of his? <sighs> Hang on. I've only ever seen James Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life, Harvey, and. Rear window. Uh, so I've never seen him in a western. Well, weirdly, that was a, one, another one that I watched. How the West was won, and that's James Stewart, is it? That's James Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he's a great actor in the films I've seen him in. I just think he's brilliant. But that being said, I don't envisage him as a cowboy. Yeah, well, seem... he plays. Um, he's quirky in it. Yeah, weirdly, um, and his character in How the West Was Won. I mean, that's another epic of a movie. We've, it's got three different directors. John Ford was one of them, Henry Hathaway and George Marshall. Right. So that so they, they it's it's broken up into sort of segment stories. Oh, and they all sort of take on their own 
story. Yeah, but it but it's 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 tied into like a generational story of a certain family, right? And how they settled in the wet wild west, and then how they from there how things changed over time, a different generation. Yeah. Um. So it's got it's got George Peppard in it, and he's quite oh George Pepper, George Pepper. Yeah, he's in it. Um, Henry Fonda. <laughs> James Stewart, this uh, Debbie Reynolds is in it. Uh, Gregory Peck, John Wayne's in it as well. So it's a bit of an anthology piece. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I was just having a look here. So we're talking about grossing fifty million on a budget of fifteen million, but a budget of fifteen million in nineteen sixty-two mm, would have been fair, wouldn't it? So you know, yeah. it was a big budget movie, and yeah. So um, James Stewart's in the opening um, story, and. Um, like I say, he's not your classic cowboy at all. Um, uh, he again comes up into at the start of the Civil War, and he's his body is laid out on the table at the start. He's then a colonel or a captain in the war. But apparently, when they made it, he wanted to be the body that was carried out, but they they didn't want him to be the body, so they just pulled out someone else. It doesn't look like him, oh. and they lay him on the table, and they go. <laughs> then they said, "Oh, that's that's the captain. He's dead," and and I had to stop it. And then sort of check out the names of the characters to see. Hang on, yeah. that is him. That oh, is him. Minute, why have I got that wrong? Yeah. You know, it was that sort of thing. So I don't know why they did that, but um, probably just didn't want to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> probably all it comes down to. Yeah. Anyway, so what did you watch, Trev? Anything? Uh, to be honest, I've not watched a great deal of films, but the first film I did watch was a film called "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore." Have you seen that? No, I can't say that I have. It's oh, it's a great film. It's got Elijah Wood. He's not the main character. It starts, stars Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood is her, his friend. She plays. Ooh, oh, no, no, no. I have seen this film. Sorry, I've just Googled it. And yeah. Yes, I have seen it. Go on. I, yes. So it's sort of like a real black comedy. And she plays a girl who's just about had enough of everything, hasn't she? Yeah. And her house gets broken into and her laptop is stolen. And she's called the police, but they're not going to do anything about it. So she's like, I'm doing this on my own. And she calls her neighbour, who is Elijah Wood. Yes. And then they go on this sort of adventure to get her stuff. Yeah, because she tracks it on her mobile phone, doesn't she? She sees the laptop's like around the corner. I liked it. It was short. It was sweet. It was dark. But it was really funny. And you could never sort of tell quite how it was going to pan out yeah and elijah wood was just great in it um my wife actually afterwards who's elijah wood he wasn't in that (laughs) (laughs) she didn't even recognize him but yeah that was quite so i don't feel at home in this world anymore i thought it was i I love that sort of dark quirky film it was good i can't quite i remember it i've basically from the picture and i remember the story and i remember him he he was odd yeah he's very odd, wasn't he he was an odd, odd neighbor and you just didn't know whether he was going to turn into something more unpleasant than he was yeah he's like since lord of the rings and the same with robert patterson since the twilight films they've both sort of gone down quite random little paths haven't they and yeah likewise you could say the same about um uh harry potter couldn't you yeah they've all consciously made decisions to make obscure films haven't yeah. they yeah and i think it's great that they haven't allowed themselves to be typecast and i bet there was a lot of that scripts being pushed their oh, way yeah play play photo again yeah absolutely you know but then after yeah i watched that because we've watched all the harry potters harry potter we then watched the fantastic beast films yep yep have you seen those yes the first one was all right but the second one's so fucking dull 
Is it? Uh, it Long winded yeah. and yeah, uh, trying to watch it with the kids, and they're just not did they did they enjoy it? Because no, no. My, my son really enjoyed it, but he's <laughs> he, he was quite the second one. He's quite well, yeah. He's just enjoyed the two of them, but he enjoyed all the Harry Potters as well, and yeah, he's we really looking forward Potters. to the third one as well. So you know, with the which isn't going to have Johnny Depp in, is it? Now? Yeah, but the, I, you know, I don't think that's the end of the world because weirdly, you know, his carry he wasn't in the first one. Until the very no, he end. was he turned into him, yeah. So yeah, so there's no reason why they can't just turn his character again and make it part of the film. But yeah, so we watched those, and yeah, I, I there's bits of them I like. Mm. I like the characters more in the first film than in the second film, like especially the love interest or the you know the girl that he goes to see. Yeah, yeah. Her character's completely standoffish in the second film, and I just didn't find her as yeah not as good here. And of course, they introduce uh, bring in old Dumbledore a bit more, don't they? And uh, old Dumbledore, yeah. Yeah, I don't think though that there's characters in the Fantastic Beasts that you're really all right. Scaram, what's his name? Newt Scaramander is all right as a character. And yeah, the, the, but you know the Muggle blokes, the probably the better character. But there, there's nothing endearing about it. Like with the Harry Potter films, you was tied to those three main characters. Even all the characters in the background, you got to know. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in this to. It's not not quite the same. And it's the same. I suppose the same as our Lord of the Rings when they've done the Hobbit. Yes, films. Yeah. They completely missed the mark. From yeah, me. the dwarfs and things. They got it, didn't they? Yeah, the dwarfs. I didn't really grow attached yeah. to any. There of is dwarfs. one dwarf. I don't know which one it is. Um, but I had this thing going on with my son Els where I. Every time I sent him a post, it would have the picture of this guy. <laughs> and he got so cross about it. <laughs> but it was one of the funniest things I've done for ages. I don't, I, I, and I, so you have, to, you have to check out the dwarf that I'm talking about. Here he is. <laughs> Just love Ori. 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 How'd you spell it? O-R-I. I mean, just imagine getting this picture sent to you every five <laughs> I knew it was going to be him. <laughs> I knew it was going to be him. And I just, I just uh, kept... Nicholas Lindhurst, like Rodney at Fools and Horses, isn't he? But it was also, there was, a, there was a footballer, Aston Villa footballer, who didn't look anything like him. But I said, God, did he look like him? And I sent him the picture through. And then after that, every time this Aston Villa player scored in fantasy football or something, I'd send this picture over. And then, and then I just started sending this picture over for any reason I could think of, you know. <laughs> but, um, so classic, yeah. classic so times, classic uh, times. So we watched that and then we watched that. Uh, anything else you've watched, Robin, while you yeah. were ill? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, still going on with the Western beer. I, I watched Django Unchained. Oh, yeah, Django Unchained. Uh, yeah. Um, which was really good. And then I watched a documentary about Tarantino. Uh, I think it was called The First Eight or something like that. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. And that was yeah, great. Really I really enjoyed that. And that, yeah. what was good about that is it, it it took you back to those films and just reminded you of how good they are. I don't know what, how you feel about And how good Tarantino. he is. Oh, I do. I I do like Tarantino. I think he could be reined in a bit. <laughs> Some of his scenes are a bit long, and but I do. He knows what he's doing. Oh, he's definitely yeah. brilliant. I just don't like hearing him. <laughs> he, he's one of those filmmakers that I I love watching his films, but it grates on me when he's interviewed. I mean, you know, let's go down the route of asking the people who their fa- their favorite Tarantino film is mm. because you know. I think, oh, do you know, I had this brilliant moment. It was just before um, I, I was in lockdown. I went to a charity shop, you know, going around the charity shops, looking for DVDs, Blu-rays and board games. Yeah. And I 
was looking at a load of the DVDs on a shelf down the bottom. And this old lady came along in a wheelchair. And I said, oh, sorry, I'm in your way. I'll get out of your way. She said, that's all right, my love. That's all right. Don't worry. Take your time. I said, I was just looking for some films. I like to pick up DVDs. And she said, oh, yeah, I like those Quentin Tarantino films. And we <laughs> literally, it was brilliant. I don't know, she's about 90. We're literally having this conversation. I was recommending the newer ones that she hadn't seen, like Django Unchained and <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. Oh, you you need to watch Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, well, that is, I sort of lost interest in Tarantino a bit when he made Kill Bill. Didn't It, it wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I didn't watch a Tarantino film until Inglorious Bastards come out. And yep. that film is just great. That opening scene. Oh. You know, and that's the thing. He creates the best tension yeah doesn't he yeah and again like um uh, once upon a time in hollywood is just full of that tension yes it is you know? but then it's just but amazing then also what he does so well is recreates history yeah yeah he does he rewrites <laughs> things but the tension can also become very explosive very quickly and go mm. completely over the top the other way you know he, yeah. he did it in django i mean that scene in django where leonardo dicaprio um smashes his hand on the table i don't know if you know about that scene but he genuinely smashes his hand down on the table and cuts his hand right so his hand's bleeding it's real it's, it's his blood and instead of stopping he carries on and he ends up smearing it on the woman's face and using it and getting a panky and just you know keeps going uh just amazing piece of acting you know and just again that in that scene where they're sort of trying to buy um broomhilda the the slave girl the tension in there it's not quite inglorious bastards because i think that one is is the tension at the start of that film is just another level of unbelievable yeah but he he does but he proves that he can do it again and again in films he does it throughout his films and i think what i say about him being reined in though inglorious bastards i loved until the end yeah it just over the top and it, i just uh it just it loses something to me because it's been a real serious you know it's got comedy elements in it but it's real serious and like really amazing and then this fucking ridiculous ending and the same with once upon a time in hollywood the, the violence the ultra violence just too much it's just like i get it i do i know it's tarantino but i just think sometimes i just think I, that would have been a better film. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? I mean, I, I can't say I enjoy the violence because I don't... Oh, I don't mind violence in films, but it's just, it just went ridiculous. Yeah, but, you know, in that's both the thing. Films, I think that's you know? what he, in a, in a sense, that's what he does. He, he, You know, you're sitting there, it's tense, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of fear and a lot of build-up. Yeah. And then, bang, everything just goes off the wall in mental. And I just, I, I quite like it. With his first films... Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Jackie Brown. You had the violence and that as well, but it was done realistic within that world. Whereas, yeah, it brought you out of the world watching this. It's like all of a sudden it's just stupid to me. Yeah, it's like, and actually that's you know, what he's done differently. I think as he's gone on, isn't it? I think, yeah, like you said, he, the, the violence and things was within the films. But no, he's almost done it now where he just builds these tense movies, and then at the end just says, right now the final scene, we're going to go off the wall with all the blood. Everything's going to mm. go chaotic. We're going to have explosions and blood here and blood there and yeah. every you know and it, it it's almost like it's it's becoming his final act it was a bit like it in hateful eight yeah you know it was certainly like it in django where it really went off one uh inglorious bastards as well uh we do need to discuss a tarantino film at some point never never 
talked about oh, Tarantino. Then, then let's do it. Let's ask. Let's ask the uh, the listeners who which one they'd like us to to do. Yeah, I've I watched last year. I rewatched Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Pulp Fiction, um, and I'd love to watch Jackie Brown again, but I didn't get around to watching it. I bought Kill Bill on Blu-ray because I thought watching that documentary you said about yep. the, the Kill Bill bits looked amazing, and I was like. I really want to see that now. So I bought it in Blu-ray. But when I watched Pulp Fiction, Mm. I used to love it. But watching it this recently, I was like, every character talks like Tarantino. Yeah, mate, yeah. There was Tarantino characters, but they weren't characters. I don't know. There's something that I just... Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's like, they they all sound like they're talking like him. And again, that's that sort of element to it. Like, because you've seen all the others, you've got definitely got a different... You've got more Tarantino to compare it against. Yeah, but it's not even his films. It's his own voice. Yeah. It's like if you see him in... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That's what his characters sound like. But they all sound like it. Too, it too, there's too much of him in each character. And it was I found it harder to enjoy. I did enjoy it still. It's still a great film. But later in the films, he does manage to make the characters sound like their characters yeah. rather than... And I mean, my favourite character out of all the films I've seen is Leonardo DiCaprio's character in... Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. It's uh, just brilliant. And I think that, to me, is one of the best roles I've ever seen Leonardo DiCaprio do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just great. Well, I, again, it's I great. think, I think, um, yeah, he was good in that. Um, and I think his character in Django was, was really, was really good as well. So I've not watched Django yet. I need to go through yeah. the Tarantino. Jump in, jump in on Django. Um, yeah. You know, I'd be interested to see what you thought of it. I, I really enjoy it. For what it is. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think, weirdly, with his films, I love them when I watch them. I just don't ever want to watch them again. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so... Whether it's because the intensity of the first time you watch it, you know it's going to blow at some point. You know there's going to be these elements of, like, really full-on violence. You know there's going to be these certain build-up tension bits and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then when it does happen, you're like, oh, my God, oh, bloody hell. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Christ. Oh, that's over. And then it's like, that was really good. Don't want to watch it again, though. No. And I'm I'm like that with um, Reservoir Dogs. And I loved it, but I don't want to watch it again. See, that's, it's I weird. think, it's my favourite out of his film. Yeah. And to me, because it's it was fresh at the time, but it's sort of reserved. It's not full-on Tarantino yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's got the good lines in it, and Tarantino being in there as Mr. Brown with the speech about uh, Like a Virgin and Madonna. Yeah. Whereas he has all characters doing that in future films, like, you know. And And I think that's the thing as well. I think he probably can turn around at some point and say to the characters, I want you to be like this character from my previous films. But I just thought Reservoir Dogs was a great little story. Mm. It's quite contained. Yeah. Good plot twists. Nice how they don't show the heist. It's interesting. The, the film that surprised me, and I didn't have any idea he was involved with, was the first one that they said he made in the in the Tarantino 8. Is it True Romance? Oh, he wrote True Romance. Oh, he wrote it. Okay, yeah. so he didn't direct it. No, Just... no. He wrote that, and that script was going around, wasn't it, before Reservoir Dogs came out. Yeah, okay. But he'd been writing it. It was basically a friend of his, uh, Roger Avery. Right. Who they wrote Pulp Fiction together. Roger Avery had this script for a road movie and it was true romance. And he gave it to Tarantino and said, what can you do with this? And then Tarantino wrote the script and in the script it had 
the character Clarence was writing a screenplay in the script, and that screenplay was Natural Born Killers. Ah. And then they separated the two, and then ah. Oliver Stone bought rights to Natural Born Killers. Tony Scott done yep. True, True Romance. Romance. See, uh, True Romance is a film that I got tired of when I was younger as well. Mm. And I, I find this with a lot of Tony Scott films. They're just American schmaltz. And just... Yeah, yeah. In anyone else's hands, that could have been amazing. But I... Tony Scott just doesn't do it for me. And I think, going back to Tarantino, I think perhaps that's where Tarantino has had his success maintained, is that he brings in quite good actors. Oh, yeah. You and know, everyone and, wants to be in his films. And well, everybody wants to be in them, so he can pretty much pick who he wants to be the part. Um, I didn't watch that, but I have watched that documentary that you mentioned there before. Mm, yeah. So, And it did sort of make me want to watch more Tarantino films again. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely somewhere we go in future. But I didn't really watch any new films when I've been at home. But what I did watch, after we watched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I've wanted to watch Roxanne for a long time. Okay, yeah, yeah. So me and Cohen watched Roxanne, Steve Martin, Steve Martin and Daryl yeah. Hannah. Heidi Behind a Bush. Oh, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I, okay. And um, I wondered if I would still enjoy it after all this time has passed. And it is just great. I really enjoyed it. And because it's based on like a French film, isn't it? Yes. Cyrano, uh, Gerard Depardieu. Or a play, Depardieu. isn't it? But there's bits in it where the audio is dubbed on. But do you remember like Dog Tanyon and the Three Musketeers? Uh, one for cartoon? all and all for one. Muskerhauser. Yeah. Yep. And how that was dubbed. There's yeah. scenes in this where it's dubbed the same and they talk the same, like the scene where he's walking down the road and the two blokes with the ski stuff. Yeah, ah, yeah. look at him, look at the note. And it sounds like that. And I wonder if it's done on purpose. Yeah, possibly. Based yeah. on f- versions of this film that he's seen before. Mm. But he wrote the script and I just, I don't know, I thought it was great. Really enjoyed it. Cohen really enjoyed it. And then I've been wanting to Cohen to watch... The Free Amigos, but for some reason he looks at the cover and goes, no, and he won't watch it. Yeah, But yeah. because I was into Steve Martin, then I went on to Disney Plus and I was like, I found this series that him and Martin Short have done and Selena Gomez. Okay. And they've done this series called Only Murders in the Building. And we started watching that. I put it on uh, with my wife in the room and she wasn't really watching it. She was doing something else. But then she started watching it and we... We just ended up binge watching, which we never do, but we watched the whole season in two days. <laughs> it's just fucking brilliant. Love it. And it's, they're just three people who live in the same apartment building in New York, and they listen to this podcast about true crime. Podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast. And then there's a fire alarm, and they all go out to this restaurant while the fire alarm's evacuated the building. And then they realise they like this podcast again, and they start chatting about it. And then when they go in, they realise there's been a murder in the building. So they start investigating this murder, but making a podcast of it. And it's just great. Steve Martin plays this old actor who used to be a TV detective. And he's like always quoting lines from the show. Selena Gomez is like this just quirky young girl. She's a bit distant from everyone else. She's got this history that you don't know. And then, but there's the star for me of this was Martin Short is mm. just brilliant. And he plays this uh, failing Broadway director and he has all these great ideas but the three of them together it's just brilliant um we just yeah we got we watched one and I was like I really enjoyed it and Donna said yeah I like that like and I said should we watch the next one (laughs) and we just put the next one on and we ended up just blitzing it so what was that called only murders in the building 
now only like half an hour episodes but just fantastic really enjoyed it and really good to see martin short and steve martin just funny as they've ever been you know yeah. even at their age just both of them just brilliant and the banter between them it's great didn't they do a didn't they do an on stage show together as well yeah they did on netflix didn't they, they done a netflix special didn't they yeah i'm sure they did i thought that was quite good yeah i quite enjoyed that as well yeah very good but yeah there's a, another series coming out of this apparently and i can't wait fantastic it's great rotten tomatoes 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent <Stop> i <laughs> 8.1 on imdb but yeah, I, I just thought it was great. And I didn't know what to think of it. And I, I put it on and just couldn't stop watching it. Brilliant. Um, but then also on Disney Plus or on Star, yeah. I love old 80s comedies. So I watched Ruthless People, yeah. Danny DeVito and Bette Midler, Judge Reinhold. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, a long time ago. It's one of those films. It's like, there's loads of them like that, isn't there? You've gone through them at some point. And they all sort of blend in with each other until you go back and revisit them. Yeah. Oh, it's this one. And you pull them all apart again. <laughs> I just thought it was great fun watching it. Directed by Zucker Zucker and Abrams. Yeah. Who'd done the airplane films, which I never realised watching this this time. I was like, oh, I didn't realise they'd done it. Ah. So it's not like a slapstick spoof thing like no, your airplane, I don't think Matt. No, I don't think they could get away with doing that all the time. No, but it is... It's a great story. Danny DeVito basically is going to kill his wife because she he only married her for money right. and he's stuck in this loveless marriage. So he plans this murder so he can get rid of her. But then she gets kidnapped by Judge Reinhold and, oh, it's the girl who's Supergirl, isn't it? Um, Helen Slater. So they kidnap her and he's like, oh, brilliant. They've done the job for me, basically. They phone up and say, if you don't, do what we say we're going to kill your wife and he's like okay and they're like right we don't want any press we don't want any police so the first thing he does is phone the press and the police and it's all over the telly and they're like what and they keep coming back to him going okay right we're not going to kill her today but if you do this he's like just kill her like you know can't understand why they won't just kill her um but then he's having an affair with someone and she's having an affair with someone else and they're planning to blackmail him and everything just all these plots get intertwined they're all miss oh it's just great fun it was really good oh, i'm gonna have to watch um, it again i'm gonna have to watch yeah, it yeah really great i love it i love old 80s comedies and yeah. they're just just stupid but just great and then after that because i thought oh danny devito is quite good i watched um war of the roses which he directed as well um, with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. That, which was the third film, because they'd done Jewel in the Nile and Romance in the Stone, and then they'd done this, where they fall in love, they have a family, they buy this house, then they divorce, and it goes messy, doesn't yeah. it? And the, neither of them want to let go of the house. Yeah, that's right. So they fight over um, the house, don't they? And it, it, inevitably, yeah. in the end, they end up trashing the place, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they got, like, this living nanny, and she comes home, and it's like the house is just wrecked up, and she breaks in round the back, like, and he's there all, like, just fucking off his head. And then she's like, is, is your wife okay? And she's like, he goes, you okay, honey? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like mad upstairs, <laughs> like banished upstairs. And the, the the housekeeper's just like horrified. He goes, here, let me show you out. And he's like crowbarring wood off the door. to let <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just crazy little things. It's just great. Uh, it's a really great bits in it. Love really. it. Just a great couple, aren't they? Like, yeah. In the jewel in the Nile and that, you know, they just. Yeah, they're great Together, films. they're just fantastic. Because, I mean, she sends herself up 
excellent oh, now, yeah, doesn't she? Brilliant. Yeah, she does. <laughs> doesn't she play Chandler's dad in Friends? Does she? she? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who had a sex change yeah. that was played by <laughs> Kathleen Turner? She's <laughs> oh, just that. brilliant. So yeah, I've watched some old old eighties comedies. Just I love them. And that that Disney Plus is a great place to find. Yeah, some. it is. To be fair, it's got it Stakeout on there. I watched that back along. That's brilliant. What's the other Richard Dreyfus one I watched um, with Bette Midler again? Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, Woods. yeah. Oh, That's God, there's loads. Absolutely loads. <laughs> Love it. Um, so, anyway, we probably need to wrap this up relatively soon because we've been banging on forever. I also watched the, the new June movie last night. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, you enjoyed that? It's good. The effects and whatnot was very, very impressive. Yeah. It kind of made sense of June for me. The way I sort of was trying to explain it this morning, talk about it this morning with uh, my wife was, it basically, it would go waffle, 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 some sort of people, waffle, 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 and here they come now. <laughs> and then they'd turn up and go, oh, that's what that was all about. And then they'd turn up and do their bit, and then they'd be waffle, 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 and here they are. And you go, oh, that's who we were talking about. And it was sort of, it felt a bit like that. But I also bought the audio. Um, the audio book. The audio book. And um, I haven't managed to get past five minutes without falling asleep yet. So it must be good. Yeah, well, I'm reading the book. I've got a bottle of okay. bedside cabinet. Um, and I've been on the same chapter for about six months. <laughs> and I, I literally read a couple of lines and I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a great story. And the film, I left the cinema feeling like I did when I left from Lord of the Rings. Like, I can't wait to see how this goes. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, the book... <laughs> I, I, mean, I like it. I like a sci-fi book, and I'm sure it's a great book. But well, it's 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 a slow burner for there's me. Six of them, it. isn't there? Oh, there's a lot of books. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, but no, so I really enjoyed that. I don't. I can't remember the name of the kid that played the main character, Paul. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he was um, good. Timothy Chalamet. I liked him in it. He played it well. I was quite interested in watching him because, interestingly enough, I then flicked back to the old version. And the guy that plays Paul in that one... Oh, Kyle McGuckman. Yeah. I was instantly like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. Well, he was... He's not my Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he was David Lynch, wasn't he? He'd done a lot with David Lynch. He was in Twin Peaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was in uh, Blue Velvet. Yeah. You know? Oh, there you go. Well, he wasn't my Paul. Anyway, so... (laughs) I did that. Then I also watched a bit of Kingsman. I'm still going through the Kingsman films. I watched the bit. I, I need the to start Circle. them. My son, yeah, my oldest son wants to watch that. Yeah, those films. Jump so we're going to watch them because the new one comes on Disney Plus in the next couple. No, that's coming out quick, isn't it? Because I hadn't just went to see that at the yeah. cinema. I was probably a bit late. Yeah, they don't it. wait. They might take only only have about a month at the cinema now before they stream them. I still think for me the first one's the best one. The Golden Circles. Got some interesting bits in it. It doesn't quite work. You'll love it. It's got Elton John in it. Oh, fuck um, off. And then the third one, the third one's interesting because <laughs> it's a whole new spin. But for me, without a shadow of a doubt, the, the the first one and the fight scene in the church is just fabulous. Absolutely love that bit cool. of cinem- cinema. I will have to watch them. Absolutely love it. Uh, and I've seen that I'm on uh, Disney Plus now, Robin. I did notice. And actually, I tried to screenshot it on my phone and send it to you, but it won't let me screenshot anything no, from I Disney know, Plus. No, I was trying to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, when you were playing the film. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? I'm on there. The, ki- the kid who would be king. Uh, as he pulls out the sword and you see a load of people clapping, I'm bang in the middle of that. You are. Scene. It's like they made that scene for you. Never mind the kid with a sword. <laughs> Look at Trev. <laughs> 
So that's quite exciting. I'm on Disney Plus. I love that. That's a claim to fame, isn't it? Talking of (laughs) Disney Plus, one more series that I've watched is the Boba Fett series. Have you jumped in or not? I've watched the first one. I put the second one on the other day and I got about 10 minutes in and I realised I wasn't watching it. Yeah. (laughs) I was doing everything else in the room. And it is interesting because there is definitely an element of that to it early on. And then weirdly what happens... Uh, I think it's five and six or four and five mm. is that he's not in it and it's the Mandalorian. Good. Yeah. And it, <laughs> why didn't they just fucking carry on with the well, Mandalorian? Well, they do. Why do we need Boba Fett? <laughs> they, they do basically. Um, and Cad Bane turns up mm. who, if you know the um, Clone Wars series, your Cad Bane is one of the bounty, yeah, hunters. bounty hunters. Yeah. The cowboy one. And he turns up in it, which is very cool. Um, and then the, Luke Skywalker's in, mainly in episode six. Yeah. And I just blown away by that. Yeah. You know, he turns up at the end of Mandalorian and you sort of see him and you go, yeah, that's clever. They've done that, how they've done that. And he's turned up, but they wouldn't be able to maintain that. And then he's in an entire episode. And, and you know, you look at it and you figure that's not him. That's clearly they've, they've done something there. You know, it's the digital bit. Yeah, yeah. But then you very quickly forget it. It's really well done. And I, I think, to be honest, the two episodes with the Mandalorian in, and there's one episode which is very Western orientated where he's on, they do a train robbery. Um, he does it with the sand people. Mm. So that's the best episode with Boba Fett in. And then um, the two episodes with the Mandalorian in, really good, particularly the Luke Skywalker one. With that, I actually got to the point where I thought, oh my God, this is Star Wars and I'm enjoying it again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I didn't feel like there was anything else going on. It was just, it was just a bit of Star Wars. Mm. But there is also one thing I've got to talk about this because you know it's quite distressing. But there is um, a character in The Mandalorian, and she's in this again, and she's this like a woman who builds spaceships and stuff, and's got loads of robots. And she talks about how she dated a Jawa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get it out of my head. It's oh, wrong. Dear. Oh dear. She says they're quite hairy. <laughs> Just what the hell? <laughs> well, um. One more series I've watched, actually. I've got a few I was going to mention. Um, but again, keeping to Disney Plus then, or Star, is Pam and Tommy, which is the story about the Pamela Anderson sex tape. Well, I, I sent I sent you a picture of that, didn't I? I said, I can't believe that this is on Disney. Yeah. Did you see that? Uh, and that actually, oh my God, you know, mm. what would Walt say? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we watched the first two so far, and the woman who plays Pamela Anderson, she's a great actress, isn't she? She's in loads of stuff. Um, Lily James. But she's great as Pamela Anderson, and Seth Rogen is almost unrecognisable as the... Lost bloke. a lot of weight, has he not? Yeah. That? But it just it just was a... They've gone in a silly direction with it. It's a bit silly watching it. Uh, I'd rather watch more of a drama. I don't know. There's bits of it I'm thinking, no, this is a bit ridiculous. And it goes to the second episode where the bloke who plays Tommy Lee is having a conversation with his erection and his erection's like animated. <laughs> <laughs> so I was definitely watching that thinking, well, what, it is what Disney. would Walt Disney think of this? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a bit, I don't know. It's it's all right. It's I, I'm not even no. But my <laughs> I'm just my, not even going to go My favorite there. thing to watch at the moment 
is on BBC iPlayer. I'm watching all the ghosts. Have you seen ghosts? Uh, I think I might have seen... Is that where there's a load of ghosts in the house? Yeah. And, they, and the girl yeah, can see I, them. I saw the first one, I think, and then I just thought, ah, oh, do you know what? I'm not sure I could be asked to watch any more of this. Oh, mate, is it it's, good? it's brilliant. I love it. Because I love all that lot. Anyway, it's the horrible history lot, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, ghosts. It just gets funnier and funnier, I think. And the more the characters are established... It's just brilliant. All right. And they're so easy to watch. And you watch one and you're like, I've oh, gone bang another one on. And the main, the main girl in Ghosts as well, um, she reminds me of Marg- Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder from like yeah. Superman, you know? Yeah. Um, but she's just really funny. Uh, the chap who plays her boyfriend is funny. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. Just something to watch. And that's been great to sort of have that to keep going back to. Yeah. I mean, I... I... I tend not to do that so much as in TV series. I'm not a fan of TV series on the whole because particularly ones where they go into like nine, ten series, uh, detective ones and things like that. Yeah, they just I'm, become, I hear you. I'm the same. I'm the same. They just, they just, they just, they're taking the mickey really, aren't they? Because they're basically just churning out the same twaddle each week. But yeah. Slightly, you know, same formula, same formula, same formula. I mean, um, one we've been, um, my son and my wife have got into it. Um, it's called Timeless, where they do some time traveling back into history and stuff. Right, yeah. And it's, um, you know, again, it's one of those, it's kind of an interesting idea, but I can't watch it. <laughs> just, you know, it's just too quickly. I'm seeing so many flaws in the storylines, you know. Yeah. It's like, I can't watch this. I'm sorry. So I get a little bit stuck. So I dip in and out of YouTube a lot. And so on that, the, the the guy that I've seen on YouTube and I've watched several of them now is a guy called Michael Spicer. I think he's a comedian oh. that does a Radio Four show. Yeah, I recognise the name Michael Spicer, and he does the Room Next Door. Yes, yeah, he, I'm yeah, my that's word. Brilliant, Absolutely brilliant. Every time I, Boris Johnson goes up and does something ridiculous, yeah. he's in there feeding him lines. Yeah, he said, <laughs> yeah. no, don't say that, no, don't say that. No, oh, well, just tell him it's, but just finish it yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> and great. it is. So if you haven't seen that guy, Michael Spicer, the room next door. Yeah, they are. Yeah, great. they are very, very well done. They're all nice and short. So I like to dip into yeah. things like that. And I've also I like, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Jonathan Pye. You seen yeah, any Jonathan yeah, Pye? Yeah. Just him, he just summarises it all up brilliantly. He has his rants about the government and yeah. effing and blinding. Yeah, and it's supposed does. to be just before the camera rolls, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he does. He did one recently for the New York Times. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. And he's like, explains everything that we, the British, do differently. And then he's like, yeah. eat at, eat in college. It's, it's like Hogwarts for wankers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he's really good as well yeah. and then and then also I've, I've i've somehow managed to sneak in a few episodes of family guy because i just do <laughs> I, I just like family guy from time to time it's it's but, mindless nonsense and yeah yeah some funny stuff. even my wife was laughing at one bit of it i was like my god oh we got the future armor running again as well yeah that's great as well that's great, that's great. But yeah, I just I don't, I love this ghosts. It's just easy watching. They're just good, good fun, wholesome fun. Yeah, bit bit naughty sometimes. Like oh, I don't know, it's love, love it. But yeah, no, definitely worth watching that, Rob. Because it's it's not one where you have to keep watching. You could just drop in an episode here and there. They're all independent of themselves, you know. Okay, They're just all right. good. Yeah, fun. that's good to good know. Fun. Yeah, that's the sort of thing I like. I, I, it's not an ongoing story. Like. Yeah, I don't like it where they just yeah. I'm not a fan. Like I said, TV series, it's tough for me to actually get into mm. something. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's about, about it, really, what I've watched. I think that's a fair bit we've watched. I know, yeah. <laughs> this is only a little extra podcast to get me ahead of myself. And, uh, We're well ahead. might cut that into two out yet. of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. There you go. But yes, yeah, so that was loads, actually, we listed off. Yeah, there. that was good. Good old chin. God, rag. we do nothing but watch telly. I know. Oh, that's because we were locked yeah. in. But now I'm, I'm going to have struggle to find even the time to edit this now. I've literally now the next two or three months I've got I've got to work every hour I can get. <laughs> yeah. So, but there you go. Anyway, Rob. Right. It's been ever so lovely to chat to you again. Well, it has been nice actually. It's, a, it's nice to nice to catch up again. Enjoyed that. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, um, then please honestly go over and give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening because it helps us to reach a bigger audience, which makes it worthwhile putting all these together. But anyway, we'll get back to talking about another film next time, won't we, Rob? I'm sure we will. What are we watching? Scarface. Nice. Nice. All right, so we'll see you all again soon. Thank you, Robin. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers.